KFI AM 640, Bill Handel here on a uh, Thursday, February 2 with the morning crew. Coming up at 9.30, Neil Saavedra with the Fork Report. Always fun, as you can imagine, uh, since Sunday is Sunday, Super Bowl food. And we'll talk about that at 9.30 when Neil comes forward. Okay, in the meantime, uh, last night in Woodland Hills, at the Woodland Hills uh, Hilton, uh, let's just say there were... Is fireworks the right word to use at that public hearing on Aliso uh, on Aliso Canyon, Andrew? Uh, yeah, that would be a fair thing to say. It didn't go well. Uh, would be another thing to say. About uh, three hundred plus people showed up. This was supposed to be a public meeting about the safety review process at Aliso Canyon, and state regulators turned up to give an update about really where things stand to restart natural oil injections. But right as the very first person from the state started speaking, protesters rushed the stage, grabbed a bullhorn, and took over the entire meeting. And uh, this happened repeatedly throughout the evening. This was during the very first speaker from the state. Good evening, everybody. Porter Ranch residents, please stand up in front in solidarity. So that was a guy grabbing a bullhorn in front of a state regulator. And then this kind of thing happened throughout the night as uh, organizers tried to get a handle on things, but it didn't work out at all. Nothing can happen while you're doing this. Nothing can happen while you're doing this. The safety issue is, is that with 300 people in a room, if it loses control, things happen, right? And it really... Things happen, actually, as in people uh, are going to get beat up? Well, it was a, a pretty emotional bunch, really. Uh, it wasn't physical, but people were... Standing the entire time, kind of walking around the Hilton. Again, people were up on stage. State regulators never even had a chance to speak. Uh, I have a little bit of a taste of how the very brief public comment went when the entire official program was scrapped entirely. They don't give a damn about you or the thousands of people who have been poisoned. All they care about is their money that they're making. So that was kind of how the night went. Uh, There were all these officials from the state uh, supposed to be talking about, again, natural gas injections resuming at some point at the facility. That never happened. And it was just a series of outbursts and and people kind of taking over the meeting last night until it was eventually shut down completely. Now, the first thing I'm I'm thinking about, and this is uh, I immediately compare to what's happened in Berkeley, although certainly not to that extent. Uh, because of the violence and uh, the the disruption and people getting hurt. But I think the same philosophy is uh, we're not going to let you talk. That's all there is to it. We are not going to let this hearing go forward. Our idea of democracy is what we want, and we're not even going to let you bring anything to the table. Uh, Was there that kind of a complaint going on? A little bit, but I would frame it this way. Uh, People who showed up to the meeting felt they didn't need to hear from state regulators. State regulators needed to hear from them because, again, we're talking about more than a year. People, even to this day, still say that they have some sort of symptoms that they believe are a result of this natural gas leak more than a year ago. So the thinking was, hey, we don't need to sit here for a couple of hours and hear your update on the testing that you've done up there. You need to sit here and hear what we've been through so you don't allow this facility to ever open again. All right, and that's and that's fair in that is their that those are their comments. But wasn't there a period of time for public comment anyway 
during the course of this meeting? There was, but it was scheduled very last. We had the state regulators that were supposed to go first, then elected leaders, politicians were supposed to speak, and then very last, uh, the public was supposed to have a chance right. to talk. And, and that was what they were upset about. They said, hey, we came here, you listened to us. All right, and that's fair. So there's going to be another meeting tonight. Uh, has the aden- agenda changed at all, to your knowledge, in reference to the timing? Will people be allowed to speak first or in the middle? I haven't seen any change to the agenda, but yeah, there is another one scheduled tonight. In fact, I have a little bit of the end of the meeting last night when uh, organizers tried one last time to get things uh, under control before giving up and telling people to try again tonight. You're going to decide right now whether this meeting continues or not. If this gentleman can continue his statement and finish, okay, okay, then I want to thank you for coming this evening. And he said, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Now, one of the other speakers, again, it was a very brief uh, period that anybody in official capacity got to talk, was Angela Belomo. He's with the L.A. County Department of Public Health. And he got to talk about kind of the health impacts. And a natural gas release of this magnitude has never occurred elsewhere. So we really can't predict its full impact without further study on this. See, that, that, was about- see, that seems so logical to me, that argument. Well, and there is a state Senate bill that would ban any new injections at the Aliso Canyon facility until the cause of the original leak is figured out. And that probably is the biggest frustration for anybody who lives in that part of the valley, particularly in Porter Ranch, is that officially there is no explanation for what caused the biggest natural gas leak in U.S. history. And the thinking is, we can't even consider resuming natural gas injections until you figure out what caused it in the first place. And again, that is perfectly logical to me, makes all the sense in the world. And if I am on that commission, I would say, hmm, that makes sense. Because from what I understand, it was uh, the utility saying we have done everything we possibly can to make sure it doesn't happen again without understanding how it happened in the first place. Do I have that right? Uh, You have that exactly right. Before the meeting, uh, to that point, uh, I talked with state oil and gas supervisor Ken Harris. Now, he's again, he was one of the people who was supposed to be front and center explaining to the public what they've been doing as far as tests are concerned. Again, never got to speak, but I talked to him beforehand, and maybe this is what he would have said if he had the chance to speak. Well, we still have um, 69 wells that either have to have the battery to test and or be plugged and abandoned. So 34 right now have been through all the tests, and um, we've certified them. I've certified them as um, usable for SoCal gas for injection. But again, the certification does not have anything to do with explaining why this happened in the first place. So I have a couple questions, and this may be an insurmountable problem, because I'm assuming the utilities are going forward with science and engineering and uh, safety features Uh, and saying this is what we've done, here are the experts who've designed it, here is what might happen under what circumstances, uh, all with expertise. And then the public is going, we don't believe it. None of that is true. You nailed it again. And specifically, state regulators have said this facility now, Aliso Canyon, is the most or will be the most tested natural (laughs) gas facility in the entire country. So what we're hearing from the officials is that this is probably safer than anywhere else in the country and the public is saying hey you don't know what happened last time 
we don't trust what's coming out of this, and we... Again, the, the refrain here is shut it all down. They well, want of this course. facility to be out of operation entirely. Right, of course. And that's their call that, as a matter of fact, the danger of uh, gas, you could argue the danger of gas leaks uh, means we should not have natural gas at all because it's too dangerous. I mean, you can take this to it's a, a, to an extreme. But uh, does it look like, uh, and, and we don't, I don't know what uh, the general feeling is, does it look like after they've gone through all the processes that are required by law in the hearings and public comments, uh, they're going to open up Aliso Canyon? It's tough for me to make that judgment, but what I can tell you is that the people who would ultimately sign off on allowing it to resume were sitting right there on the side stage as hundreds of people are running around chanting, uh, grabbing bullhorns, interrupting the meeting. Uh, there's no question that they saw the public outrage last night. And it will be interesting to see how much they factor that into their decision. If they're just looking from a standpoint of what the tests say and what has actually happened at the facility, or if they're very much taking into consideration how the public feels about this, because uh, they sat there uh, deadpan as uh, people just took over the meeting to the point where it had to be shut down last night. Uh, Andrew, thanks. You got it. All Bill. right. Take care. It just uh, you're always going to have people that are Luddites. If you just look at the public who goes to these meetings, it doesn't matter what's being presented. Shut it down. There's no such thing, for example, as a planning commission meeting that a developer, a land developer goes forward and say, I'd like to build X number of condos or apartments on this property. And even with negotiation with the city saying, OK, we'll go from uh, 75 to 50 and we'll give you the this many uh, low-income units, and we'll give you this much parkland and this much green area. Nope. We want no building whatsoever under any circumstances. And that's what we're getting these days. So you'll have enough people there that'll say it doesn't matter what is going on. Even in, Now, the legitimate uh, request here is you got to find out what happened before we say yes. Totally legitimate. Totally understandable. But how many people, even with that information being brought forward and then the engineer saying, okay, here's, we found the problem. Here's what we've done. You'll have people at those meetings go, shut it down. Shut it down. We don't want it. We don't want it. It's always the case. Breaking news quickly on the Bill Handel Show. The Bill Handel Show. No back report. Oh. The measurements are in. Okay, okay. And as Donald Trump would say, they are huge. All right. Oh, am I excited about that? Which that's, one do you want first? Do you, that's, want, do you no, want to no, see no, where no, we're no. at that's, in terms of that, April? No, no. That's next. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. After you do a little bit of other news, okay. then we'll do we'll get to it. snowpack report. We'll give it its due for sure. KFI. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. better than that it really doesn't is that from the film holiday inn or i just know it's irving berlin i'd have to do some more yeah maybe it is research give me a sec no no it's okay because uh, you're going to correct me anyway and tell me i'm wrong handle here kfi am 640 uh continue on with the show fork report coming up with neil saavedra bottom of the hour in the meantime uh bender interrupted my last conversation with you with breaking news the bill handle show no back report 
All right. Do you want what the percent of normal is for this date yeah. or where we are as it relates to April 1st? Yeah, you can do it any way you want. All right. So statewide percent of normal for this date, we are at 173% of where we usually are at this time on the average year. At And we are above the April 1st average, 109% for the state. If we just look at the Southern Sierra, 200% of normal for this date for the snowpack and 120% of normal for April 1st. So it's great news yeah. on the snowpack report. However, All, yes. we've been in such drought for so long, right? How many years would it take of this kind of wet weather to eliminate the drought? Uh, I, I'm venturing to say that the water experts will say it's going to take a few years of winters like this to say we are officially out of all drought altogether. But we're certainly out of what would be the most severe level of drought. And just like into the second and third tiers rather than just the, hey, we're good kind of level. But uh, it, all we have to hope for, really, between now and April 1st is that we don't get some, you know, giant heat waves to melt it all before <laughs> we really need it. All right. Uh, let, let me tell you what happened uh, this morning in Washington. The National Prayer Breakfast, which happens uh, the first Thursday of February every single year, and it's been going on since 1953 when Dwight Eisenhower uh started this he's headlined the event he headlined and every president since then has also headlined the event and what it does is bring partisan political leaders and their religious counterparts together and they meet and they pray and they build relationships and the president's statements are always broadcast and it's always uh i would say soaring rhetoric talking about unity of the religions, uh, talking about uh, God and this country. Well, this year, a little bit different. This year, Donald Trump, as our president, asked the National Prayer uh, Breakfast crowd to pray for Arnold Schwarzenegger because his ratings on the new Celebrity Apprentice suck. And so I want to just pray for Arnold for those ratings. In talking about his presidential run and Mark Burnett replacing him with Schwarzenegger, he said, we know how that turned out, Trump said. The ratings went right down the tubes. It has been a disaster. (sighs) That's Donald Trump. Now, here is my question. We're going to talk so much more tomorrow with more of Trump world and some pretty serious stuff. He wants to undo the Johnson Amendment which makes it illegal for clergy to uh, ask or uh, suggest people in the, their flock vote a certain way. You can't do that much politicking. Matter of fact, you can't any from the pulpit, although it really doesn't matter. But he wants to do away with that amendment. And my question is, we'll do that tomorrow. My question is, as uh, the leadership, and we're talking about the Republican leadership, we already know what the Democrats are thinking As Trump utters these statements and tweets and does uh, what uh, certainly politically has never been done before, I used to think they just shake their heads and go, oh, not again. Well, that's our president. Well, we'll take the good and we'll ignore this stuff. I don't think they even think that anymore. I think it just goes right past them. It goes right over their heads. Where, okay, 
Donald Trump at the National Prayer Breakfast asks uh, the clergy there to pray for Arnold Schwarzenegger because the ratings are so terrible on the new Celebrity Apprentice. Hey, that's my guy, huh? You can't beat it. Really, you can't. Neil Saavedra, let's do some food talk, particularly Super Bowl food. Uh, That's next. We see more stimulating talk in your future. That future starts now. KFI, an iHeartRadio station. I gotta get ready, make everything right. Because all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. KFI AM uh, 640, Bill Handel here, uh, February 2 on a Thursday, and coming up on Sunday is uh, the big day. That's the football game uh, that I actually watch religiously, and I actually watch it. I go to my brother's house, and of course, we have our annual shindig, and uh, of course, uh, have we done the Stonefire Grill commercial yet? Not yet, but I will. And I go for the game, everybody else goes for the food, I go for the game and the food, uh, Neil, with a fork report, how can we not do Super Bowl food without having you talk about Super Bowl food? That's what I, that is exactly what I'm here for, sir. Okay. And I love the fact that you are pretending as if you're cheering on a team rather than going, go chicken wings, go yeah. chicken wings. Oh, I don't care who wins. What do you like? Do you like hot chicken wings? You yes. You like sweet chicken wings? Yes. Like all chicken wings? Yes. Excellent. I'm a big fan when it comes to these uh, big events. Keep in mind, there's a couple of things you have to focus on. Uh, you have large amounts of food to cover uh, a long period of time. Uh, you want to make sure that they stay within the safety range, which means anything perishable. You don't want uh, between the 40 degrees and 140 degrees for longer than two hours. That's when it goes bad. So first and foremost, be safe and make sure your food stays right. warm. Uh, and at a decent temperature so that it doesn't make everyone right. have the green apple toothpaste. All right, so you bring a pizza out, and it is warm. It's reasonably hot. And pizza cools down very quickly. And it just sits out there on the counter for three hours. There's the, is that okay? There's the pizza There's the pizza rule, which is different. I've eaten pizza, man, when I was Three days was younger, old? I've eaten pizza that was, you know, you fall asleep after, you know, <laughs> drinking when you're younger. And you fall asleep, and you wake up, and the pizza's still next to your head after six hours. You roll over and you eat it. Uh, but the the point is that there's certain things, especially when you get into the meats, that you want to be careful for. Uh, you don't have to be overly anal about it, but be careful about it. When it comes to chicken wings, I'm a big fan of uh, double baking them instead of frying or going through all that stuff. The grease is a pain and all of those things. So basically you put a little uh, oil on them, a little salt and pepper, and you, you bake them off in uh, the oven – and then you broil them for the second one, which crisps them up. So you can even cook them off the day ahead. And then the broil will warm them up, and then you toss them in the sauce so the sauce doesn't make them soft again. The great thing about that is that you can have multiple sauces, three, four different sauces. So if you've got people that want certain types, then you sit, you toss them into the bowl, you give them a couple of tosses, and now you've got that yeah. flavor. I find chicken wings, because of the sauces, are very difficult because people tend to wipe their hands on the upholstery. And who, it doesn't do well. Who goes to your party? <laughs> who are you inviting? Yeah, I know. It's tough. Chimpanzees? Uh, yes. So no, uh, give uh, them uh, napkins. Plenty of napkins. <laughs> How about that? How about but, some wet wipes? I, 
I, I would think that finger foods, not real fingers, mind you, but finger foods uh, that you eat with toothpicks uh, would be the end all, and that's the easiest thing to do. Yes, but slightly bigger. So you end up, people really consume a massive amount of food. Super Bowl is the second largest day of food consumption in the United States next to Thanksgiving. That's a massive amount of food that people are going to be uh, throwing back. Isn't every avocado in the northern hemisphere used on Super Bowl? A massive, a massive amount of, uh, of avocados are used. Uh, there's, uh, I think it's 69 million pounds of avocados. That's a lot of avocados. And that's just Super Bowl day. Yeah. Wow. And it, they say that uh, Domino's Pizza Delivery Men will log about 4 million miles delivering pizzas on Super Bowl. Yeah, Sunday. how do you call a pizza delivery guy on Super Bowl Sunday and get a pizza I, uh, you know on what? time? They've mastered it as far as having enough people there. But I will tell you a great tip is you can go to Vaughn's, you can go to Trader Joe's. Uh, even a lot of uh, grocery stores have them in the freezer section. You can buy raw pizza dough, good pizza dough. And you, if it's if it's frozen, thaw it out in the refrigerator. Uh, if it's in its regular state, you bring it out, you roll it into a rectangle, you put it on parchment paper, you take the pizza uh, cutter, and in its raw state, cut it into one inch uh, length strips, and then cut those into four inch lengths. Uh, so one inch wide, uh, four inch length, and then you top it and put it on the parchment on a cookie sheet in four hundred degree oven until it toasts up. It'll pull apart like little uh, fingers that you can dip. And they're beautiful. It's easy. It'll be fresh. It'll be hot. And you don't have to worry about ordering out. And they, it really, it, the way it comes apart and everything, and then it's a slightly doughy uh, where it meets in the seams. Uh, it's very tasty and it's easy to do and you don't need to order. Now, are you doing uh, Super Bowl Sunday? No, it's my brother's birthday on Saturday, so we're going to go uh, visit the family on Sunday. Yeah, what so I was the game will probably the re- be on somewhere. But yeah, and the reason I, I, reason I was asking is what do you do on Super Bowl Sunday? Because you're about as sophisticated a food guy as I know. I like cooking for these things. I'm like the, the odd guy who's, who wants to watch the commercials and do the cooking and the baking. So I don't normally do a whole lot, and if I do, it's usually visiting someone else, so I may bring something. But a lot of these things come from or these tips come from the fact that I do them for other events as well. When you're doing large number of people, whether it's during the holidays or whatnot, that you start to learn what works and what doesn't. I'm going to be sitting down with uh, with Joe Kwan today to show a super simple hot dog uh, mini sandwich that is awesome, really easy to do as well. Oh, hot dog. And instead of regular sauerkraut, it's kimchi. That she puts on it. Because Joe Kwan? Yeah. What, and if you did it, it would be gavilta fish? Yes. It would be gavilta fish hot dogs. Gavilta fish in the shape of hot dogs with a little bit of crane on it. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. And if I do it, the hot dog hops the fence. That's very good. And then you put salsa on it. You know what? That's very good. I like that. (sighs) All right. And I want to ask you about uh, the perennial chili that everybody does and a few other Super Bowl foods. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI handle here on a February 2 Thursday. Pork Report with Neil Saavedra. We're talking uh, of Super Bowl foods. And uh, the first thing I want to do before we get to the guacamole and how to keep your guac green without going brown uh, was the chili. And my question regarding the chili is... Do you use an electric can opener or a hand can opener when cracking that Hormel chili? 
I'm uh, I'm more of a hand crank guy, so to speak. Yeah, it just uh, the the way uh, it just is uh, hands on. I feel like it's you know a lot of people do get very intense about their chili. Oh yeah, because the chili cookoffs, and et cetera. Whether they have uh, you know I was on with Gary and Shannon on Tuesday for Tasty Tuesdays, and Gary had said, you know what, if you're going to someone's Super Bowl party, and I think this is great advice. And they make chili with beans or without beans. Shut the hell up and enjoy the chili because people get really intense. And chili actually goes back to the spices, uh, the initial spices, and not even the contents. I mean, it was really about those spices when you trace chili back. So people get very intense about that. And, you know. And there are a million different recipes. uh, Yeah. If you have a great chili recipe, God bless you. Yeah, you know. If not, right. use a can. You're fine. All right. A, a bigger problem. Guacamole turning brown in uh, 12, 15 seconds yeah, after it, you make it. That is part of the uh, oxidizing. It, the air hits it, and it starts to to brown. It's g- going to be fine. It's going to taste fine. It's not oh, going to yeah, harm it's you. It's disgusting but it, Yeah, it is very unpleasant to look at aesthetically. A couple things you can do. A chef taught me this, and I thought this was a great idea, is you put a little olive oil in there. Mix it up. Um, and that coats it and keeps the air from getting to it. Okay. Um, but also the acid in the the lime that you put in there uh, will do some of that as well. So you can put some extra on top. But the final thing, because I like to make mine ahead, the final thing that I think is a great way to do it is you just take plastic wrap. You take the plastic wrap, you put it into the container, and you press the plastic wrap down, pushing out all of the air. And it looks nasty while it's pressed up against there, and you put it in the fridge, and then when you're ready, you pull it off and you bring it out. Um, yeah, but then and I get that. Uh, but let's say you're making it fresh, and it can't be fresher. It still the, turns brown. The olive oil. That's it. The olive oil. Olive oil the will o- turn yeah. that around. The olive oil will seal it. You want to put a little olive oil in there, and you mix it up, and that will keep it from uh, turning, turning brown. brown. For mm-hmm. how long? Well, it's going to depend on, you know, the room temperature is going to depend on a bunch of different things. Well, but I really, mean, you're going to watch the Super Bowl at if, room temperature. Listen, no, 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 no. Uh, people's houses can be very different. This is a problem. People always go room temperature, which is about 71, 72 degrees. But on a hot day, if you don't have, uh, you know, uh, your air conditioning on or something like that, your room temperature is different, is absolutely different. Um uh, but no, no one's going to have that guacamole for uh, more than an hour, so it doesn't okay. matter. No one's going to be sitting out there. So I've had it for you know hours out there, but it really doesn't last that long. Okay. So it won't go brown. It'll be fine, and it won't get that dark brown, which okay. is the worst. What's the number one food uh, that people eat at the Super Bowl uh, at pizza. home? Pizza. pizza. Pizza's number one. Yeah, across the country. Pizza's a big deal. I mean, it's a it's the perfect food. One, it, because, of the, uh, because of the dough. Uh, it goes very well with beer, and uh, they marry beautifully beer and pizza. But it's, you know, it's all, it's cheese and meat on an edible plate. How do you get better than that for something, you know, like the Super Bowl? Uh, but pota- potato skins, deviled eggs, uh, pulled pork sandwiches. I'm a big fan of, like, doing a, a slider or mini sandwich bar, and you have pulled pork. Maybe you have some small hot dogs, you have meat patties, you have turkey patties. People can build them, put different cheeses on them, and you put that spread out, and people can be grazing all day. I'm a huge fan of that. And you can get, uh, uh, they're called Connects, I think, by uh, Crock-Pot makes some. 
and they connect. They plug into each other. You can do right. six there, of you, them, you, you and buy you make them, your own you buy, them, you buy them in threes, or I you think. can buy them separately. Yeah, Costco, you can buy them in threes. Um, but they're great. I brought in a couple today that will uh, show with Joe Kwan on the video. So um, I'll go over and demonstrate them. Do you have any food in it? I'm going to be making those sandwiches. I'm going to be making uh, these mini uh, hot dog. They're not really sliders. Everybody calls anything small sliders. But they're little mini sandwiches that are super easy and super tasty. And I'll also be showing uh, Joe Kwan today uh, the quickest way to cool down beer. So if you get beer and it's uh, you know room temp yeah. and you got to jump that temperature up quickly, I'll show you how to do that. All right. That. And this is for a future broadcast? Or well, we're going to do today? a video so that it'll be posted up on the website. And I want to also promote that I, I went to – Disneyland has a secret menu – uh, for many of their restaurants, and I'm going to be going through all of them. And the first one I posted, it's on my Facebook at Fork Report and at uh, uh, at Fork Reporter on all of my social media and on KFIAM640.com. And don't forget the show, uh, which is 2 to 5 o'clock every single Saturday, uh, the Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Indeed. Neil, uh, I hope to be here when you do that uh, hot dog thing. So you can have so some? So I can try it and, 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 and do a report on it, of course. I'm going to be using your toaster oven. So I sure love that. Here. All right. Gary Hoffman, yes. tell me you don't have one or two things to talk about today. Uh, phone calls, phone calls, phone calls that uh, President Trump has made. And the difference between being rude and being tough, there's a, there's a strange mix where he's trying to be tough, but he comes across as aggressive and there's a... Uh, he needs to learn, I think, the the nuance of the difference between the two. Also, uh, more details about that raid in Yemen that ended up killing a uh, SEAL Team 6 member that we found out about. And Fred Rogan's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour and talk about what exactly is going to happen with your San Diego Raiders. All right, all that coming up. Also, before we bail out of here, I'm doing Handle on the Law today, uh, 877-520-1150. If you would like marginal legal advice, it's off the air for future broadcasts. I'm doing it for an hour And you would like me to answer a marginal legal question of yours with marginal legal advice, advice, call 877-520-1150. I'm going to start that in just a moment or two. 877-520-1150. Up right now, Gary and Shannon. And Gary, as usual, have a good show. We do. I know you do. Well, okay. KFI AM 640.